Thank you, Jesus. I give honor to your uh, amazing pastor and his wonderful wife. We appreciate them. And he has been um, a major voice in my life as a friend and as somebody I, I, I trust and somebody that I feel uh, I, I respect. And my wife and I both look up to them in so many different ways. Um, you have a great church here. I can feel the presence of God in a powerful way. And it is exciting to be here. I mean that. I can feel it this morning. The one word I was, I was praying. Thank you, brother. I was praying a moment ago on the side while everything was going on. I could just, the word power kept coming up. I could feel the intensity. I felt like anything could happen. There's faith. I feel like if, if we needed to jump over the building, we could jump over the building. If you needed a financial miracle, it's here. If you needed a, a healing, it's here. If you had an emotional problem, it's here because there's power in the house. And that's just the atmosphere that, that you have created and your, and your pastor has created. And it's just amazing to be a part of that. And I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be without that. And I give honor to my uh, amazing and beautiful wife today. She could not be with me. Um, and like Pastor mentioned, uh, Bishop Haney uh, has gone on and passed to be with the Lord. And uh, obviously, we are going to miss him. And um, no doubt he ministered here. Many of you probably got to meet him as well. But uh, I am so uh, excited and looking forward to seeing him again on the other side. That's my hope. That, that's why we're here. That's why, that's the end game. That's the whole purpose of this is to get on to glory. And so I'm excited for him and I'm excited to see him one day again. And um, you, can, uh, you can be seated. Growing up in Stockton was a very unique experience. I didn't necessarily realize that there was something um, so different about our church until I got a little bit older and I began to go to other churches and realize, there, hey, there's something going on here. We were always in revival. There was always a, an evangelist, a preacher, and like Pastor Brown mentioned, there was always a prayer meeting or fasting. And it, wasn't, it wasn't uncommon to go on a fast for a week. By the time I was 18 years old, I had already fasted uh, for 10 days uh, just on water alone as a young person, as a teenager. And so it was a church that was definitely birthed in the fire. But I remember being even younger. And I can remember um, these questions that I would ask my parents. And I remember thinking my mom and dad knew everything in the world. I mean, like when I found out that my mom and dad didn't know everything in the world, that was the biggest shocker to me. How many of you remember when you thought your parents knew everything, Right? And many of you parents today, I, I'm a parent of two children. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And their world is all about questions. And all the moms and dads say, amen. Sign of a healthy church. Lots of moms and dads. That's good. And there's always these questions and wanting to know. And my son, he wants to know. He says, you know, dad, where does, um, where does the rain come from? How is the water falling from the sky? And I have to have a, 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 an answer, you know. And so... You know, without going into the whole, you know, the, the, a cold front meets a hot front and the, 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 you know, the stratus clouds come, you know, and about going into all that. I just say, you know, son, the water, you know, on the earth, it goes up and then it just kind of floats around a little bit and then it just comes down. And when he's younger, I used to tell him those were God's tears, you know. <laughs> that doesn't work for so long, you know, because he's more, leaves him more questions. So we just leave it at the water goes up, water comes down. And, and he says, Dad, where does the... Um, where does the, the sun go at night? Where's the sun? The moon came up. What happened? I said, well, they're on a tag team here. You know, when the, when the moon comes up, the sun says, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And then when the sun comes up, the moon says, all right, you take over. And they just kind of, there's this cycle, you know, and I, and I become this, I'm basically up there with Albert Einstein and, you know, as a genius because I know everything. And so my son thinks that I know everything. And, and um, you know, and then, of course, there's always the dad, where do babies come from? And right now we're at the, um, we ordered youth on the internet and you came, we picked you up at the hospital. That's kind of where we're at right now. So that's what he believes and maybe that will change in the near future. I don't know, but, um, but questions. Everybody in the house today say questions. Oh, that wasn't everybody. Everybody say questions. Questions. Life is, is full of all kinds of interesting and unique questions. Some questions we have answers to or we think we do. 
and other questions we're still trying to discover. Uh, I was... Um, I was reading something on, um, on space recently, and they're still trying to figure out what is the material that is just space. Between you and me today, there is space. What is it? Not just the air or the particles, but what is the, the thing that seems to be stretchy? And, and, and so we're still trying to, you know, uh, uh, Newton says it was one thing, but Einstein says it was another. And we're trying to figure out. There's, so there's questions we don't have answers to. There's questions that we just say, well, we don't know, but when we get to heaven, we'll have to ask God that question. Amen? But questions. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to me, with me to the book of John. You can turn me to the book of John, too, if you want. That's fine. I don't mind that. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 9 says this. And this is the record of John. Now, this isn't John the Beloved, the disciple of Jesus, but this is John, who we call uh, John the Baptist, his cousin. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him. So, this is John, what we call John the Baptist, the wild man. Uh, as Toby Mac says, that, you know, with, with naps on his head. He came from the desert with naps on his head. And, and, and he had crazy dreadlocks, and he had camel's fur, and he was running around eating locusts and wild honey. And he come from the Maccabee uh, tribe out in the middle of the desert. And these were just burly old men, and, and they were just smelly and sweaty and stanky and nasty. They didn't brush their teeth or anything like that. They didn't have deodorant. And John rolls into town, and, and this is John, and he's vocal, and he's loud, and he's standing up in front of everybody, and he's proclaiming, and he's bold, and He's, he's going against the beaten path. If, if John were to walk through those doors this morning, he would not look like you or I. He would probably look like a man, a gentleman without a home, what we call a homeless man. He would walk through that door and he might smell a little bit and look different. And he, this, such was in his day. John did not fit the social norms. And so the religious elite of the day wanted to know. They had a question. A question. Here's the question. The question is, who art thou? John, who are you? We want to know what you're about. Now, they no doubt had done their research. They knew where he had come from and possibly his lineage and, 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 and where he uh, maybe lived during that time and maybe even were, uh, you know, just some of the details about John. But they were not really asking about the details of John. They wanted to know what was he all about. That was the question. John we know who your mom was and your dad was and where you come from. And obviously, you're from the Maccabean tribe. And, and, and we know all of that. You've come from the desert. But we want to know, what are you about? What's going on? And John, being full of the Spirit and, and wise, he said this, verse 20, skipping on down. And he confessed. Everybody say confessed. And denied not, but, again, confessed. This is what he said. I am not the Christ. Would you say that with me this morning? I am not the Christ. He said, listen, fellas, I know what you want to know. I know what you're thinking. I know what some are saying about me, that I'm this person or that person come from the dead or whatever. But I want to tell you right here. And right now, at the beginning of this book, of this chapter, that I am not the Christ. I am not the Savior. I am not the Messiah. Whew. Well, that's good to know, John. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If, if you're not the Christ, you're not the Savior, if you're not the Messiah, well then, John, who are you? Verse 23, skipping on down, he said this. He said... I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Everybody say, I am the voice. Say it like you mean it. I am the voice. John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He said this, make straight the way of the Lord. 
He said, listen, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. I am not the Savior. That's not, that pressure is not on me. That's not what I'm all about. But I'll tell you what I'm about since you've come knocking on my door and you want to know what, what I'm made of. I'm going to tell you I'm just a voice. I'm just a voice. See, he, he knew the Psalms that everything that hath breath. He knew that it, all he had to do is proclaim who and what he was and not take responsibility for something that he wasn't. I am not the Christ. Questions. The world that we live in is, is, is constantly asking us these questions, wanting to know what we're made of. Young people today, teenagers, are facing things that parents have never faced because of the technology and the mediums today. Now, we know sin is sin. Sin has never changed, and it won't change. But, but the medium of sin changes. The technology changes. The way that the mask that it puts on, the paint that it puts on, the disguise that it puts on changes from generation to generation. And so this generation is facing things and spirits that are knocking on their door. Tomorrow morning, many of you will go back to school. Some of you college students will step into uh, classrooms where there's professors that don't believe that there's a God. Many of you high school students and junior high students will be rubbing shoulders in the locker room with other young people that don't believe there's a God. Maybe they believe in witchcraft. Maybe they believe in, in the culture of death that is pervasive in our, in our society today. Everywhere you look, skulls, in the movies, on the billboards, on the, on the pajamas, on the, on the t-shirts. Everything's about skulls and death, the culture of death, abortion that we live in. The, the, the culture of, of, of what they call same-sex marriage or homosexuality, it's about death. Two men cannot reproduce life. Two women cannot reproduce life. That's, that goes against God's plan. It's a culture of death. Can I get an amen? And so they're knocking. It's wanting to know, young person, who are you? Mom, dad, who are you? Lust is lurking. Sexual identity is lurking. Depression is knocking on the door of this generation. Thoughts of suicide is here wanting to know who are you? What are you all about? The peer pressures that they're facing the, to do drugs and to alcohol and to, to get into all the promiscuity and just to, just to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's getting in our faces. The media, it's pervasive. The spirit of rebellion is stronger than ever before. It's knocking. It's wanting to know who are you? Who are you? Eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, uh, the cutting. It, it's all a part of the question, who are you? They're being bullied at school, literally pushed around, punched, thrown into to toilets and garbage cans. And some people might laugh, but it's a very real reality for these young people because they're wanting to know, who are you? And if you profess to be something else, if you profess to be something different than what they are, you get oddballed out. I find it funny, though, because the world, what we call the world, and, and all of this, these things that are knocking is getting so bold with their message. But they call us the weirdos. Because we, we, we maybe we look a little different, and we refuse to partake of the social norms, and we maybe don't march to the beat of the drum that is, that is their drum, but we march to the beat of the drum that is the Word of God. And so that makes us different. We're marked, just like John was marked. We don't have dreadlocks, and hopefully we don't wear camel togas around. If you do, that's cool. Take, send me a picture, put it on Twitter. But we're different. There's something unique about us. They'll look at us and throw us up on the screen or in the books and say, these people are weird, they're legalistic, they're this, they're that. My God. And yet, a woman... Goes to an awards show last year. Lady Gaga wearing a dress made out of meat. Raw meat. And then another picture I saw, she was in an egg with guys carrying her. Like she was a bird coming out of an egg or something. And her hair, different. every time you see it, it's a different color. Oh, but I'm sorry. Uh, I'm the weirdo because I just want to, I also want to look like Jesus Christ. I just want to act like Jesus Christ. I just want to talk like Jesus Christ. And I'm the weirdo? Please. Please. But there's something today I'm noticing. I notice an epidemic amongst apostolic Pentecostal young people. 
I notice that the memorization of the Word of God is no longer a practice in our homes. It's no longer a part of, of our culture you know, in some of our churches. I'm, I'm afraid as a youth worker because you have to understand I'm not a youth pastor so one day I can be a, a lead pastor and have my own church. If that happens, I'm, I'm, I'm submitted to it. But that's not my goal. I love teenagers and young people. I want to see them make it. But it scares me to my core because, listen, I can't, I can't do it. Brandon Mayerfloor, I cannot carry you. I cannot give you, coach you on what to say. I can't have a walkie-talkie in your earbud and say, okay, tell them this. I know where you've been. But you've got to know the Word of God for yourself. You've got to put it on the inside of you. you you've got to memorize Scripture. I can remember memorizing large portions of Psalms and, and Matthew and the verses that were so key as a young person. And today, the, the devil will come and the questions will come. And all of a sudden, I don't have to stress out about it. I have an answer because it's in the Word of God. Listen, listen. We get this in our mind that we have to know every verse and every chapter and every little. That's, you got to just know. You got to know the word of God. The verses and the chapters didn't even exist when, when back in Jesus' day. But you got to get that word of life and you got to eat it, young people. That's just a side note. Mom and dad, I want to tell you something. You're still the most important voice in your young person's life. Listen. Just because they're in junior high or high school or college age or maybe they're married with kids does not mean that you do not have authority and a voice in their life. I've come with a Holy Ghost boldness this morning to tell you that. You still have a place, and the devil would love nothing more than to neuter your voice in their life, to get you to think that, oh, you'll just push them away if you tell them right, the right way to go. Oh, they're just not going to believe you because they think you're old and, and passe, and you don't know what you're talking about. But I want you to know you got to get bold in the spirit sometimes, and you got to be willing to stand up and say, listen, your salvation is more important than if I win your popularity contest. I want you to know I love you enough to tell you the way it is. I want you to know I love you enough to set you straight. And one day, it might not be tomorrow or next week, but one day you'll give me a big hug. You'll send me a little text message and say, thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. I didn't understand it when I was young. I felt uncomfortable and I felt a little weird, but I want you to know now I'm living for Jesus. I love God because you were a voice in my life and you didn't give up and you never stopped and you didn't listen to the devil and you didn't listen to the world, but you held on and you kept teaching and preaching it to me straight. You didn't hold any punches. Mom and dad, if the ball's in your court. Come on, somebody clap your hands if you believe it this morning. I can get up here and beat these young people up all day about what they're doing. But if at the home they're not seeing this word of God modeled in their, in their homes and in, and in the private times and it does nothing. It does nothing. If they see the bickering, if I was the pastor and the pastor's wife, I would do it this way. Or if I was a song leader, I'd, I'd, put, I'd do this song. If I, this, all this cutting down stuff, I don't know what you're really doing at your home, but I do know that if they see that kind of stuff, all of a sudden church doesn't become valuable. The house of God, oh, we can just miss if we just got a, maybe we're just a little bit of sick or maybe we're a little tired. And back in my day, we came to church and we still come to church no matter what. It's the house of God. It was valuable. Listen. There are people that don't have this, and they want it. They need it. They crave it. But you get to come in week in, week out. You get to fellowship with the saints of the living God, the saints of the Most High, and you get to be a part of this great kingdom. Don't forsake the message in the church. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And so they come to John, and they're knocking on his door, and they're wanting to know, John, what is going on with you? You're crazy. You're wild. You're different. John chapter 3, verse 22 says this. This is later on in the, in the scripture, in the text. This isn't the same setting. And these things came, Jesus, after these things came, Jesus and his disciples unto the land of Judea. And there he tarried with them and baptized. So, so you have to understand, Jesus is in the land of Judea, and he is, is baptizing. His, later on, we actually find out it's his disciples that are doing the baptism, but they're baptizing. Now, baptism has always been a symbol 
of purification. Remember the flood? What was God doing? He was purifying through water. Baptism has always been a symbol of, of the washing and the cleansing and the purification. And so Jesus is with his disciples and they're in the land of Judea and they're, and they're baptizing and people are coming to them. And verse 23 in John, we're talking about the same John, crazy John, also was baptizing in Anon near Salem. So he's close. He's kind of close by if you look at the geography. And this is why he was there. Because he was baptizing there because there was much water there. I love when the church just baptizes people just because there's water. Man, we're at the park and there's a pond. Let's baptize somebody. I'll tell you what, I've been on the, on the steps of the, of the, the city uh, uh, courthouse where there's a fountain out there, and we've done baptize people in that courthouse. I've been in the back of a truck with my truck, my little Toyota that's sitting out here today with a horse trough in the back of it, going around Stockton, baptizing people in the name of Jesus. I like when the church just baptizes people because there's water there. That's a, that's a good thing, amen? That's why we keep our baptistries full ready to strike when the time comes. Amen? Because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized. They were coming. They were going out to get baptized and to be washed and to be purified. Verse 25, and then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. Everybody say question. Will these questions ever end? What is the dealio? They're coming, these Jews. Now we find out these aren't just Jews, average Jews. These are, these are Pharisees. These are, these are those of the religious elite. And they had an agenda. They wanted to try and get John tripped up because they really understood what was going on, that, that John was a part of the bigger picture. And so he goes, and they go, and they, they start to talk to his disciples, and they begin to work the angles, and they're trying to get the disciples tripped up. And so it says there, there arose a question. So here, here's between John's disciples about purifying, about baptism. And verse 26, and they came to John and said unto him, Rabbi. So they try to prop him up, try to make him feel good, you know. Rabbi, teacher, master, give him some title, some respect. He that was with thee, talking about Jesus, beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness. So they already know that John was with him on the other side of Jordan, and he bore him witness. They already know this. They said it right there. He said, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. Now wait, wait a minute. They're saying that all men come to him, but I just read a few verses before that, that people were going to John. So what you see here is the enemy has come to try and put a, a hammer and a wedge between John and Jesus. Trying to trip John up to get him jealous, to get him off his game, to get him unfocused, to trip him up so that he might try and say something that would mess him up, that they could charge him with. So they're saying, man, you got Jesus over here. Man, Jesus is the man. Check him out. What's wrong with you? What's your deal? You know, in ministry, this happens too. In the church, this happens. People are always like, man, that church is blowing up, man. What are they doing? What's wrong with your church, man? I don't know. We just love Jesus. We're just winning souls. We're doing Bible studies. The enemy comes. Remember, the devil's greatest weapon is a hammer and a wedge, a marriage, a home, the church relationships, friendships. He wants to put that wedge in there. He'll use whatever he can use to get that in there. But I love John. Oh, John the Baptist, he understood his place. He understood the word of God. He had that deep in his heart. No doubt his mother Elizabeth told him from the, a very tender age that John, listen, the Messiah is gonna come. And when that Messiah comes, these are the prophecies that the Messiah will fulfill. John, let me tell you about what his name's going to be. Let me tell you. In fact, let me show you who the Messiah is, John. But it, the time isn't come to proclaim it yet. But one day, John, there's something on you. When your father was in the temple, there was an anointing that fell. And there's something on you, John. And John, when he was a young child, knew the word. 
And it's very evident. Verse 27, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. He said, listen, you crazies. I've told you this before. It's not about me. But what I have is from heaven. It comes from God. It's not my own. I didn't do it. He said it can't come from anywhere else, but it comes from heaven. Verse 28, ye yourselves bear me witness that I said again, I am not the Christ. He said, you already heard me back in the day, and my answer hasn't changed, and it's not going to be about me. But I want you to know, I am not the Christ, but I am him sent before him. He said, I'm just a voice. And in verse 30, one of my favorite verses, I pray this every day. He must increase. Jesus, you must increase. But I must decrease. Oh, come on. That the spirit of God in my life would increase. That more of you, Jesus. That I would look like you. That I would talk like you. That I would sound like you. That I would smell like you. That I would think like you. That I would see like you. God, that you would increase in my life. And I would decrease. You see, John had an opportunity. He had a chance to, to say, you want to know who Johnny Boy is? Well, let me tell you something. I'll tell you about me. Man, I'm a cool dude. I'll tell you who my dad is and who my mom is. Man, I'll just tell you, it's, it's, I'm rocking. I'm just cool. Man, you see my dreadlocks right there? It's like, cool. How many people, you know what dreadlocks? Tight, right? Oh, they're stinky? No. John had the opportunity to boast. He had the opportunity to tell him all about who Johnny Boy was. He had the opportunity to say, it's all about me. You ever meet anybody like that? I know you don't have anybody in this church like that, but I mean, I've met people like that. You know, they're, they're, doing, they're doing miracles. God's using them and stuff. You say, oh, well, wow, what's going on? Well, let me tell you what I do, my formula. Let me tell you about what I, you know, my thing that I do to get here to this place. Let me tell you about me. You know, I think that's kind of funny because John had that. He could have easily bragged. Jesus called him the greatest prophet to ever live. That's pretty big bragging rights. You, you know about Elijah, you know, Elisha. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm a big thing, you know. He could have the t-shirt, you know, like Jesus thinks I'm a big thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm tight. And he had that opportunity. You know, I was, I don't know about down here. You probably do. But I know in Stockton where I'm from and, you know, we've got these, these I call them sign shakers. I don't know what their real title is. But Little Caesars Pizza. What are some other companies? I, everybody does it. Who, who is it? The Liberty. Oh, the Liberty guys drive me nuts. I see guys in a toga. I'm like, that's just creeping me out, you know. But they're sitting there, and they've got their sign, and they're like, they're like, yeah, woo, like, oh, whoa, you know, I just, I just hope I don't have to stop at that intersection because, you know, it's like, I gotta stare at this guy for two minutes, three minutes, whatever. This, I'm about to run this light because this guy's looking at me like, I'm like, dude, go easy. He's got his headphones on. I don't know what kind of drug use he's been on. <laughs> Some kind of music, and if you if you're a sign shaker, that's awesome. I, I'm gonna pray for you. You're you are awesome. I think they should unionize. I've thought about being the, the president of the union and maybe you know getting the wages. Uh, but it's amazing. These people are really quite extraordinary people. Really, I mean that. Like I, I, I marvel when I see them because of their stamina. I mean, I don't know what their hours are, but if you're doing that for five, six, eight hours, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty hardcore. I mean, like, I mean, I'm like in church dancing for like an hour, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I got a cramp. I got, I got to sit down. It's, it's the real deal. But they don't care. They don't care if you think they're stupid. They don't care if you think they're crazy. They don't care. And you know what? They're trying to sell you a pizza for $5.99. My God. But what would happen if the church would get together and flip the sign and say, listen, I'm not God. 
I don't have all the answers. I don't understand religion most of the time. I don't always understand church. But I come to tell you, I'm just a voice. I'm just an arrow. I don't understand it, but I know who does. And his name is Jesus Christ. And if I got to stand here all day... If I got to get crazy, if I got to shake my little sign and say it's all about Jesus, you need the answer. I don't have the answer to your questions. I don't know what you're trying to ask me, but you want to know who I am? I'm not Jesus, but Jesus is right here. Come on, let me, let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me tell you about my Savior. Let me tell you about the one who can make you whole. Let me tell you about the one who can fix your problems. Let me tell you about the one. His name's Jesus. I wish a whole generation sign shakers would rise up. I wish somebody would just begin to shake that sign. Come on, brother, shake that sign. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Somebody shake your sign for Jesus this morning. Oh, come on, I think we can do better than that for a moment. Come on, somebody get excited about Jesus. Come on, there's an uprising in the spirit that's going to take place. I can feel the Holy Ghost beckoning us to deeper waters, taking us deeper in Jesus' name. That's it. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. God is walking up and down these aisles right now. Every single morning, he's waiting next to your bedside, and he's waiting. He's wanting to know if you will confess, if you will throw your hands up and say, I am not the Christ. I don't have all the answers, but I know one who does. Would you lift up both your hands right now? And would you simply say, Jesus, it's all about you. Come on, somebody just begin to talk to him for a moment. Say, Jesus, it's all about you. That's it, Lord, it's all about you this morning. It's always been about you. It will always be about you. Lord God, when I'm gone off the scene, it will still be about you. Oh, come on, I wish the church would pray for a moment. Come on, there's faith in the atmosphere. Something's about to take place. That's it. Somebody's been carrying around a burden lately. Somebody's been walking around with a heavy weight on their shoulder, so worried and so stressed because you don't have the answer. You've been worried because you got a, you got a due date coming up and you, you don't know what's going on. But I've come to tell you this morning, Jesus. Jesus is here in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, anything, anything, anything can happen. Come on, that's it. Come on, church. I'm winding down here, church. Come on. That's it. Come on, young people. That's it. Come on. Come on. That's it. Remain standing with me. That's it. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me all across the house this morning? Oh. Hallelujah. I feel the gifts of the Spirit being loosed this morning. Come on, somebody's faith is rising right now. Somebody's getting a revelation. Come on, that's it. Somebody's been shy and they've been trying to figure it out and they're so embarrassed to walk into that campus, into that job and, and proclaim who, who he is. They're so worried if they're going to have to answer all these theological questions and who was Melchizedek and why do we do this or that? And the, Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. I got your back. All I need is a voice. All I need is your vocal cords. All I need is a sign shaker, somebody to point to me. That's it. She was a young, a young girl. She was a virgin. She came from a small little village. And all of a sudden, something supernatural happens to her in her life. The angel comes. And the angel says, Mary, you 
are going to bear a child. And it's going to be of the Holy Ghost. I can imagine the fear. I can imagine the doubt inside of this young, young girl. Stressed out and worried. But as time progresses, she begins to realize something. She begins to understand the magnitude of the situation at hand. Mary begins to understand that she was chosen for a reason, that she was special, that she wasn't like all the other girls and all the other people in the village that she came from. But she was unique and that God had his hand on her life. After a few months, there was nothing visible. In fact, the first few weeks, she went about her business. She was able to work and, and do her duties as, as a young girl and drawing water and doing whatever her, her household duties were. She was able to do her thing. But after a while, something began to happen in her body. She, she couldn't stand as long as she could before. She, she be, she, she'd go somewhere and she'd have to sit down. All of a sudden, something began to show in, in her stomach. And all of a sudden, the questions start coming. Oh, Mary, you're supposed to be a virgin. How, how did this happen? Oh, Mary, what, what have you been doing? Where have you been going? Oh, well, Mary, how come you can't do this anymore? How come you can't do that anymore? How come you can't go here anymore? And she's, she's saying, I don't know, something's going on. So there's, there's something inside of me that's growing and I can't explain it. I don't know how this happened, how it got here. But, but I, all I know is it's here and something's happening. And I can imagine the disgust as she walked into the marketplace and she had to be sent away to her cousins and, and all of a sudden she's there and people want to know questions and they're wanting to know, Mary, what's going on? Finally, Mary, she says, I don't know. But all I know is the Holy Ghost came upon me. The Spirit of God came into my life. And I know that I was one way. And all of a sudden the Spirit came in my life. And I can't explain it now. But I'm changed. I don't walk the same. I don't talk the same. I don't act the same. I don't even look the same. I feel different. I feel funky. I feel odd. But all I know is that the Messiah, the Christ is on the inside of me. All I know is I'm carrying precious cargo. I'm carrying something so valuable. And I can't, I cannot allow this thing to die. I can't allow this thing to get hurt. I have to protect it with all my might. I've got to keep it safe. I've got to feed it. I've got to let it grow. Young person, I want you to know there's something inside of you that the world wants. But they can't take it away because they didn't give it. It's from the Holy Ghost. And if you'll stand up with a boldness, just like Mary. And you'll stand up and say, I don't understand it. It's not about me. I'm not the Christ. But Jesus inside of me is the Christ. Oh, come on. Somebody lift up both your hands this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. There was a call going forth. Why don't we pray for a moment? Just pray. Just release your faith. Just right where you're at. Just release that faith. Mom and dad, I want you just to release some faith in your family. If you've got young people that are here, or maybe they're not, I want you just to, if you've got young babies, if you've got a, an infant in your arms, I want you to just release some faith right here and right now. That's it. There's a call this morning. The question this morning is simply this. In such a wicked and dark generation, full of so many questions trying to tear us down, is there a John? Is there a John, a young man in the house today that would rise up and say, I will take a stand? Is there a Mary in the house in this generation that will rise up and say, no matter what, I will give Jesus all the credit. Come on, they want to know who are you. They want to know what you're made of. They want to know what you're all about. They're watching. It's your move.
The ball's in your court. It's up to you. What will you do? What will you do? This altar is open for any young person, college, junior high, high school. I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to you first. Is there anybody that would come down and in front of the congregation as a sign, as a declaration, come down to this altar and say, I will stand. I got one young man, two, three, anybody else? I know there's more, four, five, six, any, any young ladies, seven, any more? Are there any other young people? You might be in your mid-twenties. That's all right. You work at a bank or you're, you're in, in school. That's okay. Come down. Is there anybody else? Mom and dad, elders, I want you to keep praying. Stretch forth your hands on these young people right now. That's it. I need some altar workers and some pastors to begin to come lay hands on these young people. Young person, when you come to this altar, I don't want you looking around. I want you to throw both your hands up in the air. Come on. That's it. Throw both your hands up in the air and say, Jesus, I surrender this morning. Come on. That's it. Jesus, I surrender. Come on, if you, I can't say it for you. Come on, Pastor Brown can't say it for you. Sister Brown can't say it for you. Jesus, I surrender right here and right now, and I allow you to have your way in me. Come on, that's it. Is there anybody else? Are there any other young people? Are there any other young people? Come on, that's it. Now, I need some prayer warriors. I need somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost. I need some intercessors. I need some people that know how to pray. Would you come down to this altar? If that's you, I want you to come. And I want you to begin to lay hands on these young people. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost use you this morning. That's it. Come on, that's it, Jesus. my cares on you this morning because you care Jesus there's questions looming over my head this morning not even I have the answer I'm leaning on you I'm leaning on you I'm looking to you Jesus that's it change me shape me mold me into what you want me to be Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Tell somebody about Jesus. That's it. I'm going to go share it with a loved one. That's it. I'm going to go pray for somebody this week because it's not about me. That's it. I'm going to go home and delete some music because it's not about me anymore. It's about what he wants. That's it. That's it. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to make some changes in my life. There's some websites I'm not going to anymore. There's some movies I'm not going to watch anymore. Why? Because he's changing me. He's making me look more like him. That's it. There's some clothes I'm going to get rid of because I want to get closer to him. That's it. That's it. There's some words I'm not going to say anymore. Why? Because I want to be more like him. He must increase and I must decrease. Increase and I must decrease. That's it. That's it. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Is there anybody else who would want to come? A mom, a dad, someone older. You don't have to be a young person. Maybe you feel like you're young. Come on down. There's something here.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't we stand our feet again? We've got um, a precious young lady that's going to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus because, well, because we've got water here. Amen. And uh, uh, we're thankful for what God's doing. We're going to have Brother Donnie lead us in prayer for her, and we're going to see her baptized in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Today we're going to baptize Susanna, Susanna Ledesma. And just real quick, she's a co-worker of, of Sister Madeline right here. And she taught her a Bible study at work. And so today she's getting baptized. And today's her first time with us in service. And, and we're, I was explaining to her in the back that immediately when she comes up, God could fill her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we're excited about what God is doing and what he's done. So let's just pray for Susanna right now before we baptize her in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your awesome word today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the spirit of God that we feel in this place, God. We thank you for the anointing, God, that you have put on our hearts and our lives, God. And God, and that the scales have fallen from our eyes, God, and now that we see who you are, God, and we see our need to walk with you, God, and to live for you, God, and to serve you, God. Today, touch Susanna, God. Minister to her, God, in an awesome way, God. Use her for your kingdom, God, and for your glory, God, and for your soon return, Lord Jesus. God, we pray that you just be with her, God, as today she starts a brand new life, God. For your word says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, God. The old things have all gone. They're all behind, God. They've passed away. And behold, everything's all brand new, Jesus. And it's only because of Calvary, God, and your precious blood, Lord Jesus. So today, God, just baptize her with faith. Baptize her with your spirit. Baptize her with the Holy Ghost and fire, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's just worship the Lord together. And let's just praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Susanna Ledesma, that you have repented of your sins. I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins.
Let's give thanks to the Lord for this one that's been baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, let's rejoice together right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. What a great word that we received today. Great to see our young people uh, reaching out to God, seeking God and others. Uh, and uh, I'm excited just to be a, a, a sign spender for the Lord. Amen. Anybody feel that way? You just want to celebrate Jesus and uh, let it be known what he's done for us. Praise God.